What's up, everybody? It's uh, the two favorite people in the entire planet. Uh, Chris and Colton, the Doc of Pals Podcast. I'm Colton. And that makes me crystal. But the uh, process of elimination and other various right. mathematical formulas, uh, I've come to the conclusion that with you being Colton, I must be crystal. But then also at the same time, it's like, who are we even, you know? Mm. Just get really introspective. Like, like, maybe I'm crystal and you're Colton. Ah, fuck, I hope not. That guy sucks. Yeah, I <laughs> hate to be that guy. <laughs> uh, sorry for an episode last week. Sometimes life just happens and you can't do an episode. But we're here now and that's what matters. And to make it up for you... Continuing our uh, Pride Month special segment, we're going to talk about two Pride flags this time. Uh, ones that uh, we happen to identify with, uh, or at least the first one, both of us uh, identifying with the Pride flag. And then we will also talk about the trans flag, which I identify with. So, why don't we start with the by. Pride flag. The bi pride flag is uh, is an interesting one, isn't it? Because uh, yes. it does not have uh, equal stripes. So uh, at the top is a, a dark pink stripe, and the middle is a thinner purple stripe, about like half the size of that pink stripe. And then the same size of that pink stripe is a dark uh, blue stripe underneath. And uh, this flag was created by Michael Page in 1998. That's not that long ago. No, it really isn't. That's, that was the year I was born. It's the year before right? I was born. So, uh, maybe that's just when bi people started to exist, huh? <laughs> Did the first no. instance of a bi. No, no. Um, so, uh, the pink color represents uh, sexual attraction to the same sex. The blue color uh, represents sexual attraction to uh, other sexes. And the uh, purple overlap uh, represents that blend that comes together. And um, the way they blend together also symbolizes the, uh, the way that bisexual people blend into society. And can be often hidden sometimes, which which may be, uh, it doesn't say here, but that may be why that stripe is smaller. Dude, that would make sense. Yeah, because, um, I mean, the sad truth of the matter is that uh, uh, bisexual people are often uh, erased from history, you know? Um Freddie Mercury was just talked about as being gay, but he's bi. Uh, William Shakespeare was just talked about being straight. William Shakespeare was bi. Uh, there's lots of lots of bi people through history that um, have just been painted as one way or the other. So, uh, you know, the, the invisibility there is uh, still something that we've got to work through. And, and there's... Uh, you know, there's also lots of discrimination within the community, sadly. You know, the whole concept that, oh, well, you're bi, you're going to want to cheat on me with, you know, someone uh, with someone of a different gender. Like that? No. <laughs> no. Um, speaking of communities that uh, get um, discriminated against within the LGBT community, let's talk about the trans flag. What a great segue, right? Great segue. great segue. Now, I actually, I love the trans flag, and not just because it's one I identify with, but because um, there's so much uh, incredible meaning behind it. So it's it's uh, five stripes in uh, pastel colors, so a pastel blue stripe on the top and the bottom, and then the second and third stripes are pastel pink, and the middle stripe is white. And so those blue stripes uh, are the color typically associated with uh, baby boys. Those pink stripes, that's the color typically associated with baby girls. And that white represents uh, everyone else in the trans community, from uh, you know, especially uh, non-binary people. 
and what I really, really love about uh, the trans flag is because of its symmetrical nature, um, it's impossible to hang upside down, uh, which uh, symbolizes the, you know, you, whenever you hang it up, you're always hanging it up right. And that symbolizes the rightness that we as trans people have found uh, within ourselves. That's pretty dope. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So I, I, I just, I love the flag. So uh, anyway, this flag uh, was designed by, sorry, I was just like speaking off what I know and now I actually have to look at the, oh God, that was loud. Sorry about that. <laughs> now I actually have to look at the Wikipedia page. Um, created by American trans woman Monica Helms in 1999. And was first shown at a pride parade in Phoenix, Arizona in 2000. So these two flags are actually created fairly uh, close to each other. Pretty recently. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh, fun fact about Monica Helms. She also founded the Transgender American Veterans Association in 2003. And remained its president until 2013. Yeah, she was uh, she was a Navy veteran. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, so that's that's pretty nifty as well. So yeah, uh, some more some more history of of uh, pride flags. Some some very some very neat ones. I you know I love learning about just flags and their meanings, and I think. Uh, pride flags especially have um, have a lot more meaning to them sometimes mm-hmm. you know because it's it it connects with more an aspect of someone's personality well, like the you know the flag of a country it's like oh well what are what are the values of the country or in America it's like well we used to be 13 colonies so 13 stripes and now there's 50 states so 50 stars right it's like Sure, that represents something, but, you know, a pride flag, like, represents someone's identity. And so, I think that's just a little bit cooler. Yeah, whereas, like, like the nation's flag is very broad and generalized. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, a LGBTQ flag and stuff is a lot more specific. Allows you to express yourself a little more. Yeah. Pretty dope. So, uh, so anyway, uh, since it's been two weeks, that also means we have two episodes of Loki to talk about. So, we should probably get right in, because there's a lot to say about these two episodes, huh? Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a lot that happened. There's a lot that happened already. So, let's start uh, with the first episode, naturally. Um, first of all, so we just opened like, with this scene from Endgame. Um, but they did have like a couple shots in that scene that were not in the movie. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if these were just alternate takes that were filmed then, or if they were done, you know, now, more recently after the fact. Which, uh, which do you think? Honestly, that didn't even cross my mind. Um, more than likely, I bet it was just them shooting again, mm-hmm. and not on the same day. Or, like, cuts or something like that. If it was cuts, that's fucking dope, though. Yeah, um... I don't know, maybe, you know, also, like, you know, the show was had already been in, like, planning phases when they were shooting the movie. Mm-hmm. So they could have been like, hey, while well, we've got you here on set, just just do a couple extra shots focused on Loki, and we can use them on the show. You know? Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Because, yeah, I think they started, like, planning the show back in 2018. So, which, you know. I mean, they're playing the shit so far ahead, it wouldn't have been surprise me if that's right did it. well i mean i'm sure like they knew they were going to do a loki show before that but they like started actual like pre-production on the show in 2018 mm-hmm. so it could have also just been a do a couple extra takes and it's a maybe just in case we want to put it in maybe it wasn't like a specific plan um but anyway at this point um you know loki Steals the Tesseract, as we saw, and he ends up in the Gobi Desert. And what I love here is that he's immediately, like, trying to just assert his rule again. 
uh, over these people that do not understand what he's saying uh, before the TVA shows up. So uh, they, you know, they take his Tesseract, they pull him out of the timeline, and uh, they give the Tesseract to Casey, who is, you know, probably the, the breakout new character, right? Everybody loves Casey. Everybody loves Casey. Everybody loves Casey. He's he's just he's fun. He's fun. Um, but yeah, and here's where like Loki learns about how the TVA works and everything. Uh, we get a fun little animated segment starring uh, Tara Strong's Miss Minutes. I loved that. Yeah. Um, I, I I hope we get some more of those little animated segments. I I I'm a I'm a sucker for animation. It's cool, and I love that they kept it in like this older style, and it was cool. I certainly did not expect to see uh, any animation. It just had a lot of charm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly after this, we are introduced to Owen Wilson's character, Mobius M. Mobius. Uh, what do you th- what do you think what do you think of Owen Wilson in this in this show? <laughs> I kind of like him. Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty good. Um, I just, I don't know. I didn't, like, expect, like, Marvel to be the place to find Owen Wilson, but it, it works. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of actors and actresses like that, though, where they just need that role. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kind of just show you a little bit. Yeah. Now, one, one thing that is different here, uh, between the, uh, show and the, uh, comics is that all of the... So episode two says that his like job title is analyst. Um, mm-hmm. All of the analysts are identical uh, in the comics. Now, they probably could have done that here in the show, but they probably didn't want just Owen Wilson everywhere. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think we see other analysts. They don't really put a focus on them, but I think we see them like, walking around sometimes, right? I think so. Yeah. Um... But anyway, here's where, here's where he shows uh, Loki uh, what the what the rest of his life was in the original timeline. And you know what really uh, gets to me about that part? What? Not even the original Loki had to watch his mother die. This Loki got that shit in like several angles. <laughs> He got to. Yeah, he, the, uh, he got to really watch games. that. It's like a bad show, like episode of ridiculousness, where they just keep showing the same fall over and over. Uh huh. Um. But yeah, what I what I also found interesting about this sequence is when he finally uh, goes back later to watch the rest of it. Um. He like he sees Thanos and he gets scared. You know, you can see, like, the fear. Like, what's about to happen. And and he had met Thanos at this point. Because remember, it was Thanos who sent him down mm-hmm. uh, the Avengers. But, um, I think, you know, you can tell he, he definitely... I don't think he ever originally wanted to serve Thanos. He was always... He always had his own intentions. Oh, yeah. Um, so he sees this, and he sees himself confronting Thanos, and uh, he knows he's fucked. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, once he sees his own death, he's. I don't know. I, would, I don't want to say relieved, but like he lets out a laugh. Um, but it seems to be more of just a, like. Um, like a laugh of, like, oh, I've been wrong, you know? Mm hmm. Um, and, and of course I've skipped over like one of the biggest parts of this whole thing, which is, um, how happy he is to see, uh, some love from, from Thor, right? Yeah. Um, which, which I think shows he never, he never hated Thor, ever. (laughs) He, he loves his brother. It's just, he resents how they were treated differently (laughs) by Odin. Odin's a horrible father. Happy Father's Day, by the way. <laughs> We're recording oh this God. on Father's Yeah, that's Day. today. Yeah. <laughs> um, Odin's a horrible father. Anthony Hopkins plays the role really well, though. 
Holy fuck, that's Anthony Hopkins? It is Anthony Hopkins, yeah. What in the shit? Are you kidding me? Yeah. You are kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you seriously didn't know that that was Anthony Hopkins? Hannibal Lecter? Holy fuck, no. How did I not know this? I love Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> like, I should... Oh, that's embarrassing. I'm sorry, continue. Um... No, what's the one? One of my favorite jokes about Ragnarok was, um, I love how they got Anthony Hopkins in Thor Ragnarok just to be gay for five minutes and then die. Because <laughs> he was Loki for like five minutes and then he just died <laughs> as Odin. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, absolutely. That's absolutely what, what happened. Massive legend. Yeah. He probably got a huge payday for that, too. Oh, probably. I mean, he was probably already, like, in his contract. And, yeah. You know, because who knows how his contract was written? Because it's, like... Because, like, for example, for the Star Wars sequels, Mark Hamill made the same amount of money from each movie before royalties. And hmm. his role in Episode Seven is way <laughs> smaller than his role in Episode Eight. So... That is true. Yeah. I wonder if he, like, felt cheated on, like, episode eight, being like, I got the same amount of money just for doing one one scene. No, probably not. He loves the character. No. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's that's the fucking insane amount of money. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it is. Um, now, I don't know if royalty... Roy, the royalties might um, correlate to how much screen time you got, though. I don't know. I don't really know how all that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there's probably a ton of stupid terms that we'd have to open a dictionary for. Right. Um, but anyway, in the middle of all this, we also get uh, one of the funniest sequences, which is uh, Loki threatening to gut Casey like a fish, and Casey not knowing what a fish is. Um, that was pretty fucking good. And then uh, Infinity Stone paperweights. How do you feel about the Infinity Stone paperweights? Because I've seen some negative reactions. I'm sorry. I thought it was so funny. And I, I do too. I think it's really funny. Um, I think people are just upset because they're like, oh, this means that that Tony and Natasha and Vision and Gamora all died for nothing. But it's like, no, not really. Because these Infinity Stones are just ones that got pulled out of branches, like, they still needed them for, you know. Um, and then, though, the big, the biggest one that I think, you know, so, some people are like, oh, this is just them, like, finding an easy way to write out the plot hole was them being like, like, oh, no, the Avengers were supposed to do this. You weren't. But, I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah, I don't hate it. Yeah. It's whatever. It's, it doesn't matter to this story, so just move past it. Exactly. Not everything has to be explained all the time. Right. Um, but then, you know, now we get into the second episode, and this is where shit starts to get a little real. Um, first of all, before shit gets real, though, I love that little scene uh, with Miss Minutes. <laughs> Where she's like standing on the desk and she's like, and she's like, oh, I'm kind of real. Yeah. And he's like trying to hit her with the magazine. Mm-hmm. And she's like, where are your manners? That is not nice. <laughs> it, it, it felt very much like uh, it was it was really good characterization of Loki in that moment. Right. He's not really taking anything too seriously. Um, you know, he has his own ulterior motives and they know as well. Um, but yeah, obviously, you know, they go to the Renaissance Fair and, uh, you know, he bullshits his way through wasting some time. (laughs) Um, I, I just love the energy that Tom Hiddleston brought this episode, right? He's like so excited all the time. He was just always happy to be back. Yeah. Um, I, I especially love just him destroying, uh, Mobius's salad. Yes. It's like, oh, this salt's like me pushing the Hulk off the Rainbow Bridge. This peppers me setting fire to the palace. And and here and by the way, the the way they explained it, it makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Like it didn't feel like they were pulling some bullshit out. It's like, oh no, yeah. Like if because you do something, and if if everything's destroyed, then that doesn't lead to any other action. So why would it branch the timeline? Yep. 
Which yeah, I thought that whole sequence was funny as hell too. Which does you know create some stuff because then that means that time travel doesn't inherently create a branching timeline immediately because it didn't branch in Pompeii. So now Loki and Mobius being in Pompeii is always part of the original timeline, right? Yeah. So <laughs> that leaves some questions about Endgame because, you know, for, for back then we just assumed, oh, they create a branch timeline and then they go back to their own. But if what they did was supposed to happen according to the one sacred timeline, then maybe they do exist on the one timeline, which my biggest issue with that is uh, what does that mean for Steve going back? You know? Mm -hmm. And because it's like, oh, now he's living a whole life here. And and here's the thing. I, I never loved Steve's ending. And that's not true. I, I liked it at first, but I thought about it more. And I'm like, oh, no, this is actually a really bad ending for Steve. Why would he go back in time to not be able to change any of the horrible things and just, like, give up fighting? You know? His whole arc throughout the other movies was moving on from the past and and uh, learning to, to live now. And then at the end, he just... Abandons it all, and yeah, and he he leaves Bucky behind. <laughs> you know, Bucky well, still has some time. shit to go through, which you know we saw in Falcon Winter Soldier. So, you know, till the end of the line, that just feels like utter bullshit <laughs> at this point. And now you mean to tell me that? See, what I always liked to imagine was that oh well, at at least. At least he's in another timeline, and maybe he tried to make that timeline better. But now you're telling me that there's only one true timeline. So, I think the only way that I can possibly feel better about that is that anytime he tried to make shit better, the TVA reset it so that it would stay the same. That's the only way I can feel, like, remotely good about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And still, I just, I don't feel good about it, because it, it just, it... It's so out of character for him. Yeah, I see what you're. I see where you're coming from. Like it makes sense. Yeah. And I get they. I think they mainly just did it because I think they needed an excuse to pass the mantle on to Sam. But like, I don't know. There's got to be a better way to do it. They could have like disabled him or something, right? <laughs> I mean, or even in some stories, he's like become the president. And I was like, well, he's the president. He can't be fighting. But, eh, I was never really a fan of President Cap. So maybe don't go with that one. But it's a it's a possibility. Um, speaking of which, did you know that one of the original plans for Endgame had Rhodey being vice president? Really? Yeah, that would have been interesting. That would have been awesome. Um, I feel like, but maybe they, they just came up with, like, the same problem that we did. Well, it's like, well, if he's this important political figure with Secret Service and everything, he can't just be out being a superhero. That puts him oh, at really risk. Nilly. Yeah. So. Um, but it could be cool, like, later down the line. Maybe, like, after Armor Wars. He, like, hangs Settles up the mantle. Maybe helps train Ironheart a little bit. And then, and then moves on. Yeah, he's not in direct line of fire of anything dangerous. Yeah, so it's, 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 they could come back to it. It's there. Um, but anyway, we got off track a little bit. We were at Loki. We were talking about we were talking about Pompeii. That's where we were. Yep. So they find that there, uh, mysterious evil Loki that they're hunting down, um, is hiding out in these apocalypses, and they figure out which one, and they go to twenty fifty. Which I gotta say. Um, it doesn't look like much will change in the next 29 years if this is much to go on. Like, the only technological advancement I really saw was there was a hologram outside Rock's cart. And honestly, we have holograms now. They're just not as, you know. Good. Yeah. So it's like, really, the only difference is it looks like they just become more widely used. (laughs) Um... 
I mean, hell, you even look at the at the shelves there, and it's still the same Pepsi logo. That that I refuse to believe that Pepsi will not change their logo in the next thirty years. <laughs> no way. There's absolutely They're no way. Decisive. They change the logo like every ten years. Yeah. There's no way it's going to look the same in thirty years. Um, you know, if it does good on them. Yeah, I mean, we can just pretend that, like, oh, it's like they're doing a throwback box. Yeah, because they do that. Cans. They do yeah. that. Um, retro cans to to twenty twenty, <laughs> uh, which so is weird to think about, but it would like in thirty years that would be retro. So, anyway, the 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 fighting through the aisles is pretty fun. Just like you know, fighting with the vacuums or whatever's around. Um. I think the the fight could have gone on a bit longer. Here's the thing: there wasn't much spectacle to the fight. Like these are two magical characters, or I guess our Loki is is just fighting like a possessed person, so that person doesn't really have their powers. But like Loki doesn't really use his powers at all. He like he pulls a vacuum towards himself, but that's about it. Other than that, it's just kind of a fist fight, which is weird. Yeah. Um. Which, you know, maybe it's because he couldn't have his weapons, but... that's a, Where's that limitation, you know? Can he not summon his own weapon just out of thin air? He has to, like, have it on him, and then it, like... He can make it appear in his hand? I don't know. <laughs> what a baby, if that's the case. <laughs> right. That's um, bad power. And then, of course, we get the reveal of uh, Lady Loki. Um, which people predicted, you know, that that would be the case. So I wasn't I wasn't too surprised. Now there's some people being like, it's not really Lady Loki, it's Enchantress. Because um she's using powers that Loki doesn't have and this, this, and this. So it's like, well, first of all, Marvel the MCU has been known to like blend characters together. Um mm-hmm. like their version of Bucky is like three different characters just meshed into one. Um, so they could be combining Lady Loki and Enchantress, but also like I don't all the people being like, "Oh, she has different powers; she can't be Loki." Did you not pay attention at the beginning of the episode when they're saying sometimes the Loki variants we hunt down have varying powers? <laughs> like they straight up said, sometimes they have different powers. So that argument doesn't hold up crazy. at all, right? Yeah. So anyway. Um, I hope she sticks around for a while. You know, I think this actress will do a fine job. Now, the the, the big thing I'm I'm wondering, where in the timeline is she a variant from? Where has she branched off? Because her outfit looks very similar to uh, Loki's outfit in Ragnarok. So I want to say she branches off somewhere during Ragnarok. Um, but. We don't really know for sure. Do you think they'll let us know? I hope they. I hope so. I'd like to know some more backstory on her. You know, backstory is never a bad thing. Yeah, what's 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 different about her timeline? You know, that's now been reset for sure. Um, but you know what? What hasn't been reset? Those like thousand branches that she made when she dropped all those reset charges onto the sacred timeline. Holy shit, right? Pretty trippy. So, like, my entire prediction, like, the first episode, when they're talking about, like, oh, the sacred timeline and all that, and we can't create branches because it could create a multiverse. I'm like, the multiverse is going to exist by the end of this show. And, of course it is. We already know it's going to be part of Spider-Man. It's definitely going to be a part of Doctor Strange. Really? What gives? What makes you say that? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe the title has something to do with it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a multiverse in the title. Um, so it's Fuck like, it. yeah, the multiverse is definitely going I didn't expect this soon in the show, you know? And I was actually talking, I was like, that's probably one of my favorite feelings when I watch a show. When something I predicted happens, but it happens earlier than I thought it would. Because you get a combination of that satisfaction of being right with the, there's still a surprise there. Yeah. So it's like, holy shit, this is all I came up with. That means there has to be more if they did this right yeah, away. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I wonder, 
I wonder how many of these new timelines we'll explore. There were a lot of um, a lot of familiar places uh, listed. If you look at the screen, saying like where all the branches are coming up, uh, Ego, Xandar, uh, Hala. You know, lots of planets we've been to before. Titan. Lots of planets we've been to before in the MCU, and you know maybe we'll revisit them. Uh, Vormir, I remember was on there. Most of the places were on Earth. Which I thought was a little strange, but like not even like not even a single like real world planet was listed. They weren't like Jupiter <laughs> or something, you know. Jupiter. Uh, although, how much can the timeline branch on an uninhabited planet? Yeah, really. So you're just watching people try to grasp for air. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure this is where the multiverse will come from. This will create, you know, branches in the past that turn into the various movies we've seen already. You know, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy, uh, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man duology, the X-Men films. Those are, those are being created now. (laughs) I, I assume. Unless they've been lying about the multiverse, but that seems weird to... It'd be, it'd be, I feel like it'd be hard to explain if it's like, oh no, they were lying, but also the set, the thing they said they're preventing from happening is happening. So I don't think that's the, that's the direction they're going. No. I don't think they're lying about the multiverse. That does create a question though of, um, if you wanted to watch these in chronological order, how would you? Would you, cause like, say like, you want to include these multiverse movies in a chronological viewing, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Spider-Man takes place in like 2002, but according to the MCU's timeline, at least you know in a in a reasonable viewing order, the multiverse doesn't exist. Now, of course, they create the multiverse, and the multiverse will have always existed, right? Because branches come from any point in time. Yep. But, um, if from from our point of view. The multiverse doesn't exist until after Endgame, from the audience point of view. So, if you're watching chronologically, would you put those multiverse movies after the Loki series? You know, see, they, yeah, that's, that's tough. That's because technically not placing the... it in the years they take place, but yeah, if you want to follow that narrative that they're setting, the multiverse can't exist yet. So, also, it doesn't really matter that much, but it is just—it's interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what are, what, what are your hopes going forward for the series? Cause I mean, I've got nothing. My, my one theory was they'll create the multiverse and now that's like minutes away from happening. So yeah, I'm not quite sure where I want it to go. Um, obviously everybody knows, like we said, that Loki's going to be doing some mischievous shit. Right. Um, I'm just kind of excited to see what he's going to pull off. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it's if it's if it's a whole fucking series, it's gonna be good, right? But I mean, but, we're also already a third of the way through it, so yeah. And at the same time, I'm I'm super glad like to see Tom Hiddleston as Loki again, yeah. Because you can just tell he has fun with the role. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston is is great in the role. Uh, now the now the one big thing is now that like we know that it's like this is gonna create the multiverse, it makes so much sense why why uh, what if is the next show? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really excited for what if. Yeah, the first episode isn't even out yet, and I already hope it gets a second season, because I just, I want to see more. <laughs> um, just give us, just give us a yeah. Thor frog. Throg. Yeah, good frog. Uh, you're still on that. Um. Yeah, I haven't stopped thinking about it. He's my <laughs> wallpaper on my phone now. Oh my god. I love that for you. Um. But Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, where, where this goes. Um, my one thing with, with what if is, you know, they say that the show's coming out in August, but we still don't have like a specific release date yet. Like that's only a little over a month away. Like it's kind of weird that we don't have a release date or a, or a true trailer yet. Cause all we've had is a teaser. Now, granted that teaser had a lot in it, but still, um, it's kind of strange. Yeah. So hopefully soon we can get a, a specific date on that. 
Um, but anyway, I think we've still got a lot to talk about, so we should move on, because uh, E3 was last weekend. Um, you know what E3 stands for? Electronic Entertainment Expo. Oh, damn. I didn't know what it stood for. I'm glad you knew. <laughs> um, but not just E3. There were also a few other like events surrounding it. Um, but what it means is lots of video game news. And, and we have some titles to talk about. So we should probably uh, get started, shouldn't we? Let's do it. Let's do it. So first we'll start with talking about uh, a couple things. Now we're not going to talk about everything. Just kind of the ones that stood out to us and, you know, if we have something to say on them. So we'll start with, uh, before E3, the Summer Games Fest, or Summer Game Fest, or whatever. Um, uh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about from this, and there's another one I just put on here because I knew you wanted to talk about it. So we'll start with uh, the smaller thing, which is Among Us put out, like, a new roadmap with some, some interesting-looking new features. Have you seen this roadmap? I have not. Okay, so they, so first they put out the, like, the first part on it is, like, the 15-player support, some new colors and everything. That's already out now. I haven't had a chance to play it with it, it yet, but um, it's just uh, lobby size has increased to 15. Okay. So, um, other, other things they have planned, which they say are in no particular order, um, account linking. So between different versions of the game, uh, having your account linked, which, you know, it, accounts are still a new thing to the game. So that's, it's, it's nice that they want to keep uh, moving with that and let you link them. Um, and achievements. Achievements for the game. That looks pretty to, dope. Yeah. I love achievements. Um, Xbox and PlayStation versions. It just says consoles, but it shows green and blue. Those are clearly the Xbox and PlayStation versions. They want to put those out. Um, a new type of cosmetic, a visor cosmetic. So now we'll have hat, visor, and body instead of just I hat see my, body. Uh, I see the Raven boy yeah. with the rock and some sunglasses. I dig that vibe. It's yeah. a good vibe. Um, a fifth map. That's nice. Um, a hide-and-seek mode. That should be fun, because I, I think this comes from... Because they've seen a lot of people have been doing that on their own. <laughs> Creating these. Um, and this big one I see right at the bottom that gets me really excited is new roles and ways to play. Um, that's... Oh, I, I just... I want to know what these types of roles are, because right now all we have is crewmate and imposter. You know, are they going to try to turn it into, like werewolf and it's going to be like a detective or and a nurse and a sheriff and mm-hmm. that'd be kind of fun i'd yeah. play that um no and then they say and more so who knows um yeah that there's 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 some there's some fun stuff to look forward to with updates in that game um you know i think the big thing is uh they it's 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 rolling out strangely because they didn't plan originally to put it in this game, right? They were going to make an Among Us 2, um, but then Among Us like took off, and they were like, well, we don't want to split the player base, so everything that we were going to put in Among Us 2, we're just going to put in Among Us, and we're going to cancel Among Us 2. Mm-hmm. Um, which can be difficult, because now they have to upgrade the platform that it runs on to hold these things. You know, because they were just going to build a new one from scratch. So, uh, we'll see yeah. where that goes. Um, but that just means, you know, don't expect the updates to come out too frequently. Also, it's five people on the team. So, like, cut them some slack. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway. That's a shit ton of having to rewrite code. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the other uh, big thing from Summer Game Fest, which I'm sure is the one you want to talk about, uh, Elden Ring. Yes, I was so excited to see this. I was at work when it dropped. I got home from work. I watched it and I cried. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. It was beautiful. The boss design looks fucking awesome. Uh, anything that FromSoft does is god-tier video game. So this is a this is a Soulsborne-style game, right? Kind of, sort of. Um, it's like very art. I mean, all the Soulsborne-type games have like the same art direction and style and stuff, except mm-hmm. for like Sekiro. Um, but yeah, it's kind of in that same vein. It's, um, 
it's a little bit more open than previous like games and stuff like that, which is going to be really cool. Uh, especially if they do some real dope movement shit like they did in Sekiro. Okay. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it comes out in January, so oh. not too far away. And I know I'm going to be taking a week off work to play it. And then what? Awesome. Like, George R. R. Martin wrote the story. That's the other part people are excited for. Yep, yep. So there's going to be, I mean, Hitotaka Miyazaki and George R. R. Martin together is like some god-tier lore. You're just going to have so much to learn about the world and stuff, which is going to be awesome. It doesn't really seem like it's for me, but uh, I'm happy to see people excited. So, yeah, let's just hope yeah. it's it's not another cyberpunk on our hands. I've never played a bad FromSoft game, so right. that's that's my two cents. <laughs> there is a first time for everything, but I'm not here to judge. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's move on a bit. Um, Ubisoft was one of the first shows of like actual E3. Or actually, no, I don't think... This might have been a separate event as well. I'm actually not sure. But they did a Ubisoft forward presentation. Um, I didn't really watch it. I don't have too much to say. They announced a new Mario plus Rabbids, uh, which kind of came out of nowhere. Kind of got leaked a few hours before Nintendo accidentally leaked it early. Um, Like, leaked everything about it with the box art, the logo, the website. (laughs) They just accidentally put the website up early for the game. Um, and then they turned fired and then they ended the show with, um, a new, an avatar game, like James Cameron's avatar, the blue people, um, which I seriously, like, I haven't seen the, the, the announcement or anything from it. I just know that I don't, I, I don't care about avatar. <laughs> I love avatar. <laughs> and I've. I know people, uh, like, a lot of people are upset that we're like, this was your one more thing. <laughs> this Avatar game. My thing is, I like the world. The world they built is so cool. I love all the animals and shit like that. Like, whenever a new game, like a sci-fi game, comes out, I'll just play the shit out of it if it has, like, cool new animals in it. Mm-hmm. And this looks like it's gonna have some real cool shit in it. Alright, well, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so next up, uh, the next event we want, I want to talk about is a uh, wholesome direct, which is like a, uh, an indie showcase. Now I don't tend to follow like indie gaming as a whole. Like I'm not, I'm not actively seeking out like every new indie game. Be like, what do I want? What do I want? Um, but there is a game I'm interested in coming up called Paralives which is sort of like a, a Sims clone, uh, but with a lot more like customization options than what Sims offers. Um, and I knew that was going to be at the show, so I wanted to see uh, what they would say about it. And so I watched the show, and unfortunately, there was like no new information on Paralives. They just gave like a little, a little trailer, um, kind of just to let people know about the game, really. Uh, that maybe didn't already know about it. Um, but that's not to say the show is entirely worthless. There were a few uh, games in there that caught my attention. So one, uh, Lake, looks really interesting. You basically play as this like businesswoman who returns to her hometown for a couple weeks uh, and works as a uh, mail carrier, bringing everybody their mail. And along the way, you do meet everyone in the town and you can form relationships with some of them. Some of them just want you to give them their mail and leave, and leave them alone. Um, but it sort of, it looks like maybe there's like multiple branching paths you could take in the story. Um, it looks, it looks really nice. Like that was one where I saw the trailer for it. And I was like, yep, definitely playing that one mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Uh, and that comes out like early September. So pretty soon. It's not far away at all. Yeah. Um, Paparazzi was another one. Uh, it's just a picture. It's just a game where you take pictures of dogs. <laughs> um, it just it just looked cute. And then, new Pokemon Snap. Yeah, it, it was. It looked very Pokemon Snap esque, except I don't think it was on rails. Um, speaking of new Pokemon Snap, I did just uh, finish that game uh, the other day. And what'd you think? I I liked it. Uh, Steelix was a bitch. <laughs> Try to take pictures of. It moved so Steelix goddamn fast. Sucks. 
and it moves so fast, and you had to like throw multiple of the like orbs at it to get it like in the Illumina state. It was annoying. Yeah. It took me like three tries. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. It's nice. <laughs> Um, and then the last one from Wholesome Direct was, uh, Pass Part Out 2. Do you know Pass Part Out? Nope. Okay, so it's, it's, the full title is, uh, Pass Part Out, The Starving Artist. Um, it's just, like, a little game where you draw art, and you sell it, and you just try to make a lot of money, and, like, advance in life. Okay, and, so it's, and like, it, a kind of a sim. Mm-hmm, and it, and it works differently based on like who you're selling art to and who it appeals to um and like here's it you like act you actually draw the art like when i play i like to just plug in my game tablet and just actually paint with it that's actually kind of dope yeah um so they announced a sequel called uh past part out to the lost artist where it looks like you'll be going like around the world doing pretty much the same thing so uh, that one got my attention because I liked I liked Pass Part Out. I never like played it too much, like I never really like made it beyond like the second like stage. Um, but I, it was it's a nice little just game to just sit and do some art, kind of relax too. Yeah. Um, now we're getting into some of the bigger presentations that I cared about. Um, Square Enix did their presentation. Um. And what I actually really appreciated about it, because I was doing uh, reactions to the presentations that I wanted to watch, like I streamed them, twitch.tv slash crystal underscore underscore rivers, that's the two underscores, always be plugging. <laughs> um, and what was really nice is Square Enix offered a version of the show uh, without copyrighted music. Specifically oh, that's actually dope. Yeah. And at some parts, they replaced the music. Other parts, it's just dead silent. And really awkward. <laughs> um, but uh, the first, their first big announcement uh, was this new Guardians of the Galaxy game. Have you seen much about it? I saw little bits and pieces, like clips here and there, and it did look pretty dope. It looks so fucking cool. But I will say this: they talked about it for way too long. Like I'm excited for the game, and by like minute fifteen, I was like, move on. Talk about something else, please. For Are the you just gonna do a God. full walkthrough here? I mean, <laughs> oh, that would have been real fucking bad if they did, right? Um, but um, it looks really fun. You know, a lot of people are complaining. That's like, oh, you only play a Star Lord, but it's like, pay attention to what the game is, and you'll see why. The game is about being a leader, right? Yeah, and leading a team and. And responding to what your teammates do. If you could just take control of Rocket at any time, then it doesn't matter how (laughs) Star-Lord reacts, right? So you have to make the choices as a leader, and I really like that. I saw some people comparing that to, uh, like, how Mass Effect works. I've never played Mm -hmm. Mass Effect, so I, I, I don't know if that's, like, a good comparison, but... Yeah, I'd say it's pretty, pretty on point. Okay, okay. Um, unfortunately, another fan reaction thing that's really frustrating me that I'm not seeing as much, but I definitely saw the first couple days, um, it was very similar to what they did with the Avengers game, was, uh, who are these people? They don't look, they don't look like the characters. You mean they don't look like the actors from the movies? (laughs) Because it's not the movies. It's a different version of the character. It's because it's a video game. It's a video game. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, go off. Go off. Yeah, I hear you. It's so annoying. <laughs> it's like people didn't do that with the Spider-Man game because they understood that it's, it's a different fucking yeah. Spider-Man. So why is this happening with the vendors and Guardians? <laughs> um, anyway. Guardians looks good. Uh, I'm really excited for it. There was a... It seems like also like you're like kind of in telltale fashion, like your decisions will like impact like later things down the line, how like characters feel about you and stuff. There's one like specific moment where um, the team needs uh, to open a bridge, right? The controls are like on the other side of this chasm and Drax just picks up Rocket and is ready to throw him. (laughs) 
Um, and now you as Star-Lord have to decide, let Drax throw Rocket or try to find another way. And Why the, would you not let him do that? Right, in the clip they let him throw Rocket and uh, Rocket gets angry at you. And they put up a little thing, like, very much in Telltale fashion that just said, like, Rocket will remember this or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay, so that's gonna, like, yeah, that might impact something that Rocket does later. Um, so it seems very in-depth, which I, I like. Um, which is what you'd want to see with a Marvel game, too. Yeah. You don't uh, want it to be super superficial. Avengers! <coughs> <coughs> <clears throat> Sorry, I got something in my throat there. Uh, <laughs> there's that. I I still play the Avengers game all the time. I play it with like every update and everything, and it has its problems. But I can't pretend like I don't enjoy myself playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I know it could have been better, and I know it can be better. There, you know, it's a live service game. They're still working on it, but it's like you have all these things. I I think the biggest frustration is. Um, we have no idea when the new cosmetic system is being implemented. They removed, like, every possible system of getting, like, free skins. And they have yet to give us word on, like, when the new system is coming in. Because they removed it to, to work on the new system. But in the meantime, they just keep giving us more and more skins you have to pay for. So, That's the, my biggest, biggest fucking gripe with games like that. It makes it look like they don't want to give free skins anymore. And they actually, they did a develop a developer stream recently, and someone in chat asked about it. And the person doing the stream was basically like, yeah, the team's been told that they need to get on it. <laughs> like, like, it seemed pretty passive-aggressive. At least, I, I didn't see the actual clip, but I, like, like read what was said. Like it seemed pretty mm. passive aggressive. That's like, yeah, no, I know they need to they need to get get moving on that. Um, but speaking of Avengers, we did get some stuff about it at this presentation, and I was a little disappointed with the offerings they had for Avengers. I know, like E three is like about like new games and whatever. You're not going to focus on updates that much, but they didn't announce anything new. They gave us like like, some trailers for updates that had already been announced. But we have no idea what's coming after Black Panther. Um, And if you wanted to see the dates for when stuff was, you had to go to Twitter. They didn't even put it in the show, which I thought was weird. Um, That is really sketch. Yeah. Um, Which, I don't know, what I heard was like, oh, well, the, the, the presentation had to be ready, like, a few weeks ago, so... They didn't have the dates yet, but they have them now, so they can put it on Twitter. I don't know if I believe that fully. Yeah, okay. Anyway, they say Black Panther's coming in August. Um, so far, since the Hawkeye update, they've gotten everything out when they say it will be. So, I, I believe it, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the Black Panther update does look awesome. Like it's a, it's a larger story update than the past two have been. Like it's a, it's a, it's not just a new like short story update. It's a, it's an expansion with new enemies, a new new areas, um, a new big villain in the form of Claw. Um, so it's got a lot of content in it. Yeah. Yeah. Before the the two previous updates. Took me like one stream each, like it was about four hours worth of content. I mean, I say that Kate Bishop took me two streams, but it, if I wasn't having uh, internet problems at the time, I could have fit it in one. Mm-hmm. But um, this one, they say, will be longer, so I imagine it'll take me probably two, probably two streams. I don't think it'll be a full three like um, like the campaign did. I don't think it'll be as long as the campaign, but. Yeah. Nothing super crazy. Yeah. I'd say I'd Enough say like eight over. hours of content is, is reasonable, right? A reasonable expectation. If the other For ones were like, like about four hours. Yeah. So you know, just double that size. They say it's a bigger thing, so Yeah. Um and then the last show we have to talk about is Nintendo Direct. 
Uh, I want to just run through a few titles that like I don't have much to say about, but were new announcements, and I'm I'm, I'm excited on behalf of the fans of these series. Um, Mario Party Superstars. Um, I really liked Super Mario Party. This runs on the same engine, but it's using old uh, boards from the N64 Mario Parties, and like a hundred mini games from I think from throughout all Mario Party history. That sounds great on paper. My concern is we already had Mario Party the Top 100 for Nintendo 3DS, and people hated it. So why did they hate it? What was the hate? They messed up so many like of the mini games. Like they got like physics wrong on them, so they didn't play the same. And there were no That's boards. It was just a hundred mini games on a 3DS cartridge. That's embarrassing. Also, I think, like, they wanted it to be a console game, uh, not a 3DS game. So, you know, I am cautiously optimistic for this one. Um, it seems like maybe this is what the Top 100 should have been, right? So we'll see. We can only hope. We can only we can hope. Only hope. Um, it does look pretty nice, though. Um, Metroid Dread, uh, the fifth 2D Metroid game. Which has been in development for 15 years, by the way. Did you know that? I this did was, not. That is game, a long-ass time. This game was originally in development for the DS. What in the same hell? Yeah, and actually, it got leaked way back then. Um, but because nothing came of it, uh, people thought the leaker was lying. <laughs> um, and actually, Reggie, like last week, like, put out a tweet, because, like, the, well, so the person who did leak it was like, I was right, I told y'all, um, and Reggie, like, quote tweeted it, it was like, he was right. <laughs> um, God damn, Reggie yeah. just dropping bars. <laughs> right. Um, we miss you, Reggie. We do, but honestly, post-Nintendo Reggie is pretty fun, because he's, like, talking about stuff that he couldn't have when he worked at Nintendo. Yeah. Sometimes, so, it's nice. I just miss seeing the man up there on stage. He was such a heavenly presence. Yeah. He still um he still goes to like the game awards and stuff though. He presented like a couple years ago he presented uh like best indie game. That is true. Um I don't know if he did I can't remember if he presented an award this past year though. I don't remember. I imagine he's a pretty busy dude. Yeah. Well he's no, he's not on GameStop board anymore. He was on GameStop's board of directors. Um, he's not anymore. I don't remember where he is right now. I'm not sure. Um, Did it have anything to do with what happened? No, probably not. Okay, I just didn't know. Um, I think he's working as a professor as well. I think. Go ahead. I'm not sure. I'm not confident on that. Um, another announcement was a new WarioWare. I know a lot of people are excited. I've never played a WarioWare game. It's like a series that like I've wanted to get into, but I don't know if this is the one where I'll get into it. Um, I'm with you on that. My buddy, or uh, yeah, Paul. Yeah. Paul loves WarioWare. Yeah. Was he excited for this one? I have no idea. You know, you haven't talked to him yet. I haven't talked yet. to him yet. Um. Yeah, I I like. I like WarioWare in theory. I've just never played one. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, like, it always seems fun in, like, Smash Brothers when, like, WarioWare stuff comes up. Like, there was that one stage in Brawl, the WarioWare stage. I liked that stage. Um, Wario's a fun character. Yeah. Just in general. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, we gotta talk about the big one now. The big one from Nintendo. The big, the showstopper. The Breath of the Wild sequel. Oh, Yeah. That trailer was fucking nuts, right? You no, know, there's only one thing that I was missing. What's and that? I really hope they don't forget it, and that's underwater stuff. Ooh. They focus so much on the verticality with, like, the mountains and uh-huh. all that shit and the floating islands. Yeah. Just let me fucking swim underwater and catch, like, little crabs and shit like that. Yeah, that could be. That could be something. There could be so much, like, there could be so many fun dungeons and armor options and shit if you just did that. Uh-huh. Um, 
I love, you, we definitely see a couple new abilities in this trailer. Um, the one that I'm a little confused about, we see him, like, on one of the floating islands, like, like sinking up from underground. What's up with that? <laughs> is that just a way he oh, gets he, up like, there? Or is that, out? like, an ability where you can go underground? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Because um, he does have the little plant arm now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, he does. He has, like, a guardian arm thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guardian arm. Not plant arm. <laughs> Um, which that's, yeah, that, we don't really know what's going on with that. Um. No, but it looks fucking dope. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I also do like, he's got, like, longer hair now. Like, they're, like, evolving his design a little bit. Yeah. I'm Um, a big fan of long-haired Link. Yeah. Um, and then one that I actually haven't seen too many people talk about, but I thought looked really cool, was, um, I think there's a new, uh, Sheikah Slate ability. That allows you to reverse time on moving objects. Yep. Because there's that moment where there's, like, the enemies chasing the spike ball down the hill. And Link, like, uses, like, it looks like he's using the Sheikah Slate. And the ball starts rolling back up. And it even shows, like, the path that it's going to take to go back up. So I think you can, like, reverse time on on moving objects. Which. If you can, speedrunners are going to have a fucking field day. Oh, my God. That's, I what fucking things are that gonna is that gonna do? Because Breath of the Wild one is already fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now a lot of people are talking about like, oh, what what do you want? What do they want to change from Breath of the Wild one? I want to talk about what do we want to keep from Breath of the Wild one? You know, I for one, Everything. I for one hope that they keep um, the. You know, I don't know how they're going to do dungeons, because, you know, before the dungeons were kind of replaced with uh, the, the animals. What would it, I forget the name, what they called those things. The Divine Beasts. Divine Beasts, yes. The Divine Beasts. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that, um, but I like the little, um, the shrines. I hope they keep the shrine system, because those were just nice little breaks to do some puzzling, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I like that system. Um, I know a lot of people don't want them to keep weapon durability. I think it's way too important of a part of uh, Breath of the Wild's identity to remove it. Yep. Um, I agree. I know it can be annoying at times, but I like it because it forces you to learn how to use different types of weapons. Um, it also just, like, it also adds just a little bit of a like a skill curve too, and in, in yeah. fights and stuff like that. Because then, like, if you have a weapon that's not as durable, it's going to break quickly. Like, the better players will figure out some way to like set up a tree that falls on a bokoblin and kills like a whole group of them or some shit. Yeah. But then, like, someone else might just run in and break their fucking sword. Like, uh-huh. it just adds a level of skill. Yeah. Um. If they remove anything's durability, I'd be fine if they removed like shield breakability it wouldn't bother me as much because i feel like there were never there you know it, it's not the same as a weapon you don't use different shields differently yeah in the same way so i mean it, it can it can still be used for strategy because it's like oh maybe i don't want to use my strongest shield right now because these are weaker enemies but they could break it and then i don't have my stronger that you know but yeah. I feel like that never really came up as an issue when I played it, so... Yeah, I never really used shields to parry or anything. Yeah. I would just try to get in and get out as quick as possible. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Whew, we filled that time up pretty pretty snug with everything we wanted to talk about. Yeah, we did. I was thinking, you know, maybe I'd talk about, like, Love, Victor Season 2 if there was, like, more time, but... There, there was not. Maybe next week. Kind of killed it on the time game right now. Yeah, sure did. Uh, so, uh, thank you for listening, and thank you for your patience. Uh, you know, sorry we didn't have an episode last week. Just, again, life happens, and sometimes there's just not time. So, uh, we appreciate you sticking around and, and taking a listen. Thank you. Uh, thank you. If you want more from me, uh, I'm on twitch and twitter at crystal underscore underscore rivers two underscores um as i mentioned earlier 
Uh, I'm actually currently uh, about to start. I will will have started when this is out, but I'm about to start a Resident Evil 4 playthrough. I want to play it before that new uh, Netflix show comes out. Because I'm not like a big Resident Evil fan, but I like Leon and Claire. So I wanted to know what was happening to, to them in between 2 and when this show takes place. So that's uh, Code Veronica, which I did not like. 4, which I hope I like. And then there's like a movie in there as well. So, we'll see. Resident Evil is pretty fun. I, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like Leon and Claire. I like watching people play it. <laughs> yeah. Um, they just added it to Dead by Daylight. I haven't played it yet because I'm waiting for them to put the map back online. They had to take the map offline because it was causing people's games to crash. Oh, Jesus. So, and it's been like a week now. I really hope they get it back up soon because I want to play, but I don't want to play without the map. Because, like, I want to stream my, like, first impressions. But if the whole update isn't there, then it's not my true first impressions, right? Yeah. So. Anyway. I rambled there a little bit. Colton, you want to plug your horrible username? <laughs> and I'm never going to change it. It's Wanlet Quinn. And if you find it, you find it. If you don't, you don't. Yeah, there's punctuation in there somewhere. You figure it out. <laughs> it's all on you now. Yeah. Uh, anywho, I think it's time to say goodbye. So, goodbye. Adios.